Circus in town, circus in town, the circus is in town, the Tunana Shoe Circus is in town, this week and this week only. True story that not many people know is that the Tunana Shoe Circus is descended from some of the original people to colonize Arizona, some of the first people to bring wagons across the river and settle down here to live here in Arizona. So if you ever talk about the wagon that you're dragging or that I'm dragging or anybody dragging wagons, I'm going to take that shit personally because you're appropriating my culture and in turn I'm going to try and cancel you. That and sweet tooths. I come from a long line of sweet tooths. So I don't want to hear any of your dessert talk bullshit or how you can't have sugar because you're diabetic or because of cavities, because my dentist says that shit all the time. But he's not part of my family, nor is he part of the Tunanishu Circus, which has some very exciting attractions. For all the moths and all the moth-like people, we will have plenty of lights. Wednesdays and Saturdays and Mondays and Thursdays and Tuesdays and Fridays and, of course, on Sundays, we will be featuring JK Bowling. No wands, witches, or wizards, but there will be plenty of magic available as you're free to just kid around while bowling or just kid about going bowling at all and have an excuse to just not show up. Use that time fleeing from family to check out our mermaid plumbers. Being a mermaid and in the circus in this day and age isn't enough. It's not enough financially and it's not enough socially. You can't just coast along on what you are naturally like a woman. And luckily for mermaids, plumbing comes very naturally and easily and with a lot of great skill. Sanitation, not so much a strong suit for some of them with the scales and fins hanging out. Plus, they have a pension for smoking cigarettes for some reason. But in addition to being masters of their crafts and able to offer that service, they do provide courses on plumbing as well. You better keep your shit in line, though, because if you go getting out of hand, we have another multi-talented feature that's going to keep you in check. Our mummy nights. Sir King Tut Arthur may look like toilet paper covered shit, but he will cut you like a giant heavy medieval sword. With his giant heavy medieval sword, which you'll need more than a tetanus shot to treat. If you're still alive after getting bandaged up and before any of the diseases set in, head over to our awkward restaurant. We'll make things and put them in your mouth hole. Finally, find some comfort in your own discomfort by being surrounded by things that are even more unbearable than you. Some favorite food items to slide into your stomach include our family recipe for G-Wiz, Cheese Whiz, and Laser Scrambled Eggs. Mm. So go get vaccinated for everything that you're able to other than COVID because I don't want to be the person to tell you to do that. And head on down here with your head to the Tunana Shoe Circus. You know what they say, if the shoe fits, wear it, and I can make a shoe fit in your ass.
So the question then becomes, if it is a Tunana shoe, if the shoe fits, where is it? I was recently told and suggested to accommodate the audience and how they may not be as intelligent or as aware as I seem to assume or expect them to be. I include too much insight or only I know or understand ideas. See, there I go. And there goes the audience who's too dumb to understand and follow along and know everything I think and feel all the time. Just because I have a circus and Madame Milkshake, who's clairvoyant to provide me this insight, doesn't mean that you guys do or that you're going to come to my circus even if you listen to the podcast. I wear the shoe that fits where it fits. I've learned this from watching Joe Biden and how they've been handling him. It's taken me this long to notice that if Kamala Harris isn't wearing the Biden suit, then they're never showing the top half and the bottom half of Biden at the same time. In the one time they did, it was that obvious mistake, the photo with Jimmy Carter. I wonder how many different Joe Biden shoes there are, and if any of those would fit me, with or without walking a thousand miles. Now, let me dumb down that chunk for the dumb audience. No one knows what I'm saying. I help now. I've gotten a little off the rails as this thing has gone along, and I need to rethink and rework how some of this is done. I'd like it to be a more user-friendly, audience-understanding experience. I'd like to be able to do that without having to have handlers like Joe Biden to be able to show you guys that this hand, this hand is my chicken hand. To not have to, and to make you not have to, bob your head around like Stevie Wonder trying to listen to me. Back in high school, my photography teacher was telling us about how when owls move their head around, it wraps the light around their eyeballs, I believe he said. I don't know if that's accurate or if I've even remembered it correctly or if it has anything to do with the way Stevie Wonder's always jerking his blind head around. I think that he needs to stop doing that either way. It doesn't help with the being blind part. It gives me unrealistic expectations of how blind people are. Luckily, there is a place now to get away from all of that, everything, to get away from Stevie Wonder's head, to get away from our puppet president, to get away from chicken hands and shoes fitting places. Bear. It's a bear. That's B-A-I-R. Bear. Discount airfare, bear in the air. What? Discount airfare, bear in the air! This unorthodox airline, also non-kosher, is able to offer incredible discounted rates by redefining bear. Bear strives for the bare minimum in business, staffing, and airport needs. They're barely there, and so are you. Up in the air with barely enough parts, you will feel the air and the wind. Especially if you take advantage of the no-clothing policy. It's easy to see how bare they are, even if you barely try. 
I was able to get away, to get outside of myself a little bit the other week. My girlfriend had family in town that we met up with for dinner, so there were seven of us at this restaurant, which turns out is one of those perfect amounts of people for me. Conversation, good conversation, should be back and forth, one person talking, one person listening, and both sides being engaged as this is happening. In my experience, this usually happens best one-on-one, but can be as much as four people. Any more than that, you start to get the odd man out or third wheels. Groups will naturally break down into these one-on-ones, occasionally interacting or switching with the other groups, and when you have these off-odd numbers, you're left with these people in between, or trying to make three-person conversations work, which they can, but don't often do very well or for very long. With our seven-person dinner, there was one set of one-on-one, whereas the two older women, so there was minimal talking, mainly just sitting next to each other and not talking to anyone else either. The two older men of this family also followed this format, but one of them is a real talker which is good because it freed up my girlfriend to allow her to talk to the family member that she was there to talk to while we were having dinner in the first place. The occasional checks with the others in between and me for the needed venting side comments. This left me to my perfect and one of my favorite social situations. I'm in between all the conversations so I can look and listen as I want to without having to be a part of it, without being engaged to any one of the conversations. Free to drift off and just be me, occasionally bobbing my head around like Stevie Wonder. Watching her uncle get his old white man Captain Hook finger going, that thing that old white men do once they start talking where they get the one index finger and it kind of curves because they're using it so much. With everything they're saying, bobbing it around for purpose or punctuation like Stevie Wonder's head also. Man, the comedy shows have been fun. Each one we go to is new and different, and I'm finding new, different leads on the comedy scene out here and how I'm going to be getting into it. Tuesday, we went out to Rick Bronson's House of Comedy for their Triple Threat Tuesday. It's supposed to be a $5 show with $5 domestic beers, $5 well drinks, and $5 appetizers. I've been here a couple of times before, and despite it being pretty far north, I do really like the location that it's in and the building itself. The size of the club is ideal for me. I've seen pretty average, at best, comedians here, usually some obscure person that's been on multiple TV shows and some type of comedy thing that you've never really heard of. This is all research and a learning experience for me, though, so even when it's bad, it's good for me. Once we got there, getting tickets was a bit slow, even though there was only one person in front of us. I get up to the window, order two tickets, and he says $20. I say, what? He says $20. I ask him, what happened to the $5? 
and he looks all shitty and flustered about it already, says something about how everybody thinks it's $5, but that's a deal with something that I couldn't even understand what he said and didn't want to bother to ask him to repeat. I'd seen at least two or three promotions that all said $5 admission, as well as going back and checking and looking for those after this happened and still seeing that that was the case. I would have no issue paying the $10 if it said it was going to be $10. Still, I just accept it, accept it as my error in some way, and don't worry too much about it, but not a good way to start things. Then, as soon as we sit down, as I'm scanning the QR code to bring the drink menu up on my phone, our server comes over to ask if we know what we want to drink, quickly realizes we don't because we just sat down and decides to give us a few more minutes. The show starts before he makes his way back around again. So now I'm uncomfortable and anxious on top of being agitated about the tickets. It's okay, though. I'm sure the first comedian wouldn't have been funny no matter what. Half the others bombed as well, but the three or so that were actually funny made it worthwhile, and we had drinks at that point too. Even though we had to with the cheap, lame, tacky, bullshit, two-drink minimum that all these fucking comedy clubs out here like to force upon people. Around the end, and the appropriate time to check in, our server returns. Rather than ask how we are, or if we need anything, or even appropriately presenting the bill, he just squats next to me and says that he needs a card. When he comes back with my card already charged, I see that those beers weren't the $5 beers either. Now, I understand the triple threat title, and it's not just a threat. They are going to fuck you. The two times I'd been before had it in my mind, that was my favorite comedy club. After this time, I don't even want to go back. Oh, and the fucking video, this cringy bullshit you have to sit through before the show starts is so fucking bad. I imagine I probably will go back at some point to perform there. So I'm not trying to scorch this bridge entirely, but they fucked up in multiple ways and not just that night. Lucky for them, it's in ways that can very easily be fixed. Like a dog or other animal that they do that with, just in the sense where they can't reproduce. It's tough to fix them mentally if you have to do that, emotionally repair them. I've been observing that with our dog and doing my part to try to help. I've told my friends and family to call me on my phone and to ask for him to ask if they can speak to the dog. I'll say his name and get really excited, like, you're calling to speak with Romulus? You want to talk to Romulus? You're calling on the phone to talk with Romulus? He'll perk up his gremlin ears and look at me with his big golden Disney eyeballs, start to be excited. And then I haven't figured out how to end this joke yet, so maybe I'll have it by next week. <laughs>